we've checked out all of the different criteria for the yeah. Filipino American dream. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't we happy? Guys, today we got a special guest, Joe Banco. He a, owns a local software company with over 400 employees. He does fix and flips, rentals. He owns his own brokerage. And he's also the executive director of New Wealth Advisors Club, which is a real estate educational company. Thank, welcome to the show, bro. So, Thanks. Uh, pr- pleasure to be here. It's, I mean, it's so fun because, I mean, like, it's uh, going, we actually know each other from, like, the, the software world, right? Yeah. So, I used to do software development, and you actually own a software company. And so, like, the, you're, you're one of, like, I think one of the, the most successful, in my opinion, like, real estate investors here in Hawaii. You're, you own a small business. You have a brokerage. You, you guys fix and flip. You guys rentals. You, like, I mean, like, you're, you have an education company. You basically do it all, man. So, it's, like, so impressive. No, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So, I mean, like, but then, like, we talked about this, like, before, like, it wasn't always, you weren't always successful. You actually came back from pretty, like, humble beginnings. What were you doing before real estate investing or your small businesses and how did you kind of get into this? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's a pretty common story, you know, mm-hmm. Filipino immigrant family, right? Okay. Dad was in the Navy. Uh, I grew up in a rice field in the Philippines. Really? You and did? Then, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, today... If, I did, if my dad wasn't in the Navy, I would probably be on some carabao in some <laughs> rice field in the Philippines. But luckily he was. And then um, moved to San Diego, you know, when I was like a one year old. And then okay. from there he got transferred over to uh, Pearl Harbor. But interesting, he's a, he was an enlisted guy. So mm-hmm. he didn't make a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that really, for me, it was a little bit of a scarcity mindset, right? Uh, let's see, what is that? Um, food stamps. Uh, okay. We, did, we had, uh, you know, free meal, free and reduced meals in yeah, school. Yeah. Uh, had Vienna sausage with a ton of rice. That's yeah, what we yeah. ate, ate at home. So, did you, I mean, did it was, you, when, when, you're, when you're growing up, did you realize you had less than the other kids in your school? Yeah, I was one mm. of those, wow, I was one of those kids, pretty envious of the rich mm. kids because I was that poor kid with yeah, yeah. Not, a whole lot of, not a whole lot of anything. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was really, really tough growing mm-hmm. up. And I, I grew up in Eva Beach, uh, you know, and that's a yeah, pretty yeah. tough place to grow up. You know, it's, it's very interesting because I, I see a lot of like guys who are like very successful like yourself. And it seems like it's almost like growing up with, with less than other people. It's almost like that you have this inner desire to kind of like do, do more. Right. So it's almost like a superpower to like have less when you first start out, just because that hunger, like you have that hunger, that internal hunger to, to want or to, to drive yourself. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's what, how it really started. Mm-hmm. So didn't have any money. I needed yeah, to make yeah. some money. So I uh, ended up um, I'm getting a paper route. Okay. And not just like 10 or 20, but over 200 customers. <laughs> wow. So, so I ruled Eva Beach when it came to uh, delivering newspaper. Oh. And it was pretty funny. Back then, not only did you have to deliver newspaper, you needed to collect. So it sounded like this. You, got, you, you drive up to somebody's um, uh, driveway okay. uh, with your bike and you say collection, really? and then uh, they either pay you or they don't. If they don't pay you, then it comes out of your pocket. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's so great. And so, how old were you at this time? Oh shoot, I was like, I was a teenager, like I don't know, 10, 10 wow. 12. Wow, that's crazy. So back in the day, like it's you delivered the paper and you actually had to collect. You had to collect. So yeah, is it like yeah. a monthly or is it like every day? Yeah, no, no. You collect monthly. Okay. And for the those customers that don't pay, it comes out of your paycheck. That's crazy. I mean, like <laughs> that. That I mean, like. I, 
yeah, I don't even know what to say. I can't believe that's that's how it was back in the day. So yeah, yeah. And then from there, uh, you know, very humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. And uh, I graduated from uh, delivering newspaper okay. to work in a McDonald's. Okay, okay. And then at McDonald's here in Hawaii, it was a pretty unique situation because they had colors. So if you were green, you're a trainee. If you were a blue, you're a crew member. If okay. you're yellow, you're you're a uh, crew trainer. Okay. A uh, red, a crew chief. And I got super obsessed. I wanted every <laughs> single color. Uh, and there was, I remember in the lunchroom, there was this pin, there was these pins on the wall. And for every position that you would get certified, mm-hmm. you'd get a pin. Oh, nice. So I wanted a pin for everything <laughs> from, uh, you know, a, assembling hamburgers to french fries to big macs and i'm yeah. really understanding uh, the mm-hmm, entire process mm-hmm. did you know there's 3000 to 3600 pickles in a pickle bucket can you believe that wow so i remembered of all of the stats at mcdonald's there was this green <laughs> well, there's a green book so even, for, even to this day you still remember those, those, yes, those stats. yeah absolutely uh filet fish is made of north north atlantic cod nice okay uh, a cheeseburger has an eighth a, a eighth of an ounce of um of mustard so it's pretty funny <laughs> so i so, remember those things so you so you're in mcdonald's and then what was like the did you like graduate what was that how did you actually get into real estate investing or into small business yeah well this is what happened this is the game changer i met my wife working at mcdonald's Mary okay oh yeah wow. yeah so that's what happened and uh so we were you know, oil and water and you know okay. how that goes oil and water <laughs> we eventually kind of get together i used mm-hmm. to call her not Marianne, but Scary Ann. Yeah, because <laughs> she's pretty, pretty scary, kind of bossy. Your usual titta, titta local girl from Kalihi. That's okay, what happens okay. when you're from Kalihi. Yeah, so um, we met. And uh, although we had divergent dreams, mm-hmm. mine was to own my own McDonald's. I wanted okay, to own my okay. own McDonald's chain. And she didn't. So um, I think it really started there. So mm-hmm. uh, we got together and then we ended up moving to the mainland. Still kind of lost, wanting to do McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And then serendipitously, I bump into somebody that was in IT. And okay. he's like, his name was Jorge. And Jorge said, hey, Joel, you might want to consider IT as your career. So that's really what started okay. it. Was, so was that, did you go to college? Did you get an IT degree? What was yeah, I started here at, at um, Leeward Community College, okay. MTUH, okay. and I was kind of a, uh, I was a lost soul. Okay. I was one of those okay. lost souls. Okay. And part of it was, you know, it's kind of hard when you're going to college and you're working at the same time. It's mm-hmm. very easy to get distracted. Yeah, yeah. So I went to a number of different colleges yeah, from yeah, UH yeah. to National University to U of P. I went to a lot of different things. So at the end of the day, I did. I graduated in uh, software. information systems. Okay. Yeah. And then like how did, and then there was right after graduation, you say, hey, I just want to start a software company. Is that how it started? No, so. no, not at all. Not at all. I needed to get into IT. So the first thing I did was I bought fake glasses. I bought a briefcase with nothing in it and okay. had a I love it. And uh, what happened was um, I went, uh, I found this company called Chipsoft. Okay. And Chipsoft, they were the makers of TurboTax. Okay. okay. Eventually, Chipsoft got bought out by Mm. Intuit. Yeah. So I was TurboTax tech support. So I was answering a tech support calls for TurboTax okay. uh, around the uh, around the U.S. Okay, so okay. I was based out in San Diego, and I was doing that for a long time, getting yelled at for you know giving either the the, the wrong answer yeah, or yeah, getting yeah. praised for giving the right answer. So that's how it really started. So this was me in San Diego. Okay, and then um, at the time, my wife and I didn't have any kids, mm-hmm. and we got the proverbial we got homesick. Okay. So from there, um, we ended up, and this was in the um, 
This was in the late 80s, early 90s. Okay, okay. Uh, moved back to Hawaii. Okay. And then my career really started here in IT. So I landed a job with, uh, at the time, Kapilani Medical Center. Okay. Today it's okay. called Hawaii Pacific Health. Okay, okay. So I became one of the, uh, uh, one of the IT guys there. Uh, um, and then I climbed up the ranks from being a hands-on guy to being a hands-on guy managing a team. Okay, okay. And then, so my, back, my background was in IT healthcare. And then from there, um, I got a job at Kaiser Permanente. I did the same thing, so what, but in when, a much grander scale. At what point did you actually start eWorld or like, uh, when, when did that transition happen? Well, so, yeah, so. I went around the world okay. to find eWorld. And let me just tell you a real quick short story. Sure. So I worked at these IT companies and then I heard this thing about the dot-com boom yeah, in yeah, Silicon yeah. Valley. If you can land a job in Silicon Valley, mm. then you've made it. Yeah. So okay. I put my resume on on Dice, which is okay. one of the old job boards. I okay. get a call. Call turns into an interview. Interview turns into fly out to Silicon Valley. Okay. Uh, interview the whole day, and then um, I get a job offer, a relocation package, a signing bonus in, Sil- I, in Silicon Valley. In Silicon okay. Valley, okay. and I get this thing called pre-IPO shares. I didn't know what pre-IPO okay. shares okay. were. So, um, but in any case. Uh, at the blink of an eye, I am, uh, you know, I go from Aloha shirt and slacks to being in a three-piece suit <laughs> on the bar heading into the, the downtown financial district in, in okay, San Francisco. Okay. So that's where my big time IT career started. So when did, I mean, what was, when was the point where you actually started like the, the e-world or like the, yeah, that yeah, the company yeah. that you guys own today? I often say you need to get it to get it. So mm-hmm. going back to uh, um, the dream, and I, I'm calling it the uh, the Filipino American dream. And the okay. <laughs> this sounds interesting. What was the, what's yeah, the Filipino American dream? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Dream? I think one is, and it's and it's nothing rocket science. I think mm-hmm. one, it's a, you know, it's a good paying job. Uh, having food on the table, having a spouse and kids, a nice house, nice car, money in the bank, and a retirement package. It sounds so, like an American dream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of the same. So that was our goal moving okay. up to the mainland. And we went from a house to a bigger house to a bigger house. And this mm. is what happened. So this is when you're doing software. You're working yes. for a company and you're just a, you're successful as a software, um, as an employee at this point in time. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, fast forward, mm-hmm. we, f- we find ourselves in a 4,000 square foot house in okay. Southern California. Wow, okay. Uh, swimming pool, jacuzzi in the backyard, uh, Escalade and Porsche in the garage. Wow, okay. And we're sitting in the back, my wife and I, I still remember this, we're sitting in the back watching these hot air balloons. And we're like, man, we got, we got, uh, we got three kids. Uh, we got, we've checked out all of the different criteria for the yeah. Filipino American dream. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't we happy? Mm. Oh, I know why. We need to come back home. So it was pretty funny being an IT guy, you know, like, um, uh, we we love to whiteboard. Yeah. So in yeah, this yeah, case, yeah, yeah. we did a quick whiteboard session. So you and in the back. you and your wife together. You yeah, yeah. Like we the, did a whiteboard how, session in plan, the back. Planner, planner, or move back to Hawaii, kind of. Yeah. Actually, there was a couple of criteria. Okay. Number one is uh, be back where our parents are at because our mm-hmm. our aging parents are yeah. getting older and older. Yeah, that's important family, right? Uh, one is uh, re- getting reconnected to our roots, and I think my son said this is. There's no other place where we can get that deep belly laugh than uh-huh. in Hawaii. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then the other, the third one was um, we were CNEs. So CNEs, uh, we we both grew up Catholic. Okay. So we only went to church on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> okay, I see. So the uh, the third thing was to get reconnected back to our faith. Okay, okay. So those it. are the three big things. And you know what? We're, we we want to give up what we have today mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. move back to Hawaii. 
And that's what happened. Um, so we went around the world. I started in Silicon Valley, LA, and I spent actually a year or two in, um, in Southeast Asia, based okay, out of Singapore. Okay, okay. And I commuted from Hawaii wow, okay. to, to Singapore for a while. But it really started there. I went around the world to find okay. my dream job. To in come Hawaii. back to home. So like to yeah, go back to Hawaii. Yeah, and it was kind of funny. I, um, so the way we got here is my, uh, my, the company that, mm-hmm. that, um, that I joined in Silicon Valley open up an Asia Pacific office in okay, Singapore. Okay. So that was my way back home. So what happened was as I was commuting uh, and when I was here, I'd reestablish all my contacts. In Hawaii. Maybe. In Hawaii, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then what happened is I bumped in a good buddy of mine, Eric, and he's like, hey, I'm working for this company called eWorld. I'm like, who's that? I've never heard of them before. <laughs> and then um, I remember... There's nothing sweeter when you're based out of, of Southeast Asia, um, taxing to, to, to land back into Honolulu International Airport. Just the, the feeling of just yeah, being back home. Yeah, the feeling of being know, back so, home. Yeah. There's nothing more sour than uh, <laughs> being at an airport lounge in the Honolulu International Airport, uh, flying back to uh, Southeast Asia. Uh. So it was a trip. I went to Southeast Asia. Uh, I was in Mumbai, India at the time, a little depressed because I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much longer I can, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can be doing this long commute. Yeah, yeah. And then my buddy Eric calls me one day and he says, hey, you know what? There's an opportunity for you to join eWorld. Okay. So the next time I came back, yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, I talked to the CEO and... Uh, the rest uh, of history. Yeah, the rest of history. I, I got the job. I ended up becoming uh, a VP and chief technology. Eventually officer. working your way up to part owner now. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's pretty so. exciting. Um, in all of my jobs, mm-hmm. I've been an operator and never an owner. It, so- it sounds like it's like, Gary, but you have a consistent pattern of you start at the bottom, then you grind and like you, you work really hard to excel to, co- to go to the top. Right? So even as your paperboard job, you're like most guys who do like 10, 20 paper um um, houses that you got all the way to like 100 or 200 like um, people right and then and um, McDonald's you start off as like the beginning then you kind of work your way up in the software world you start in the beginning the bottom and you kind of work your way up and so like the same way with E-World where you start in the bottom but maybe in the middle and then you kind of work your way up to, to owner and so it just there's a consistent pattern of your life of just starting at the bottom and then just do working very hard to kind of like rise the ranks of wherever you're at so yeah yeah and here's one of the big revelations this is a nugget that uh, that I that I discovered mm-hmm. is in any environment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you kind of grow, you kind of grow over time, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. in the earlier days, in the earlier days, it was really about serving yourself. Mm-hmm, and, um, and that was, you know, that was scarcity mindset. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize till later, mm-hmm. you know, gray haired later that, you know, how you, you know, how you grow and expand. Really, really you get serve, bigger. Yeah. You serve others yeah. and everything just kind of comes into place and you just get blessed Blessed beyond it's, measure. It's, it's, I, had, I feel like I had like a similar realization. Like, cause when I first started getting into investing, it was so I could make money, right? It's like yeah. you're trying to like, cause, but the thing is like, it's hard to serve others sometimes when you feel like you don't have enough, right? So like yeah. the very beginning is you're trying to like meet your own needs. And, but then after you hit a certain point where you have enough, now it's a lot easier to, to, to serve others. But it's kind of like that, that, um, that path of like, how do you kind of get there to that, to that, have that switch of mindset where you're actually able to serve others. But if you start with serving others in the beginning, it magically would happen where you actually would actually receive more if you, but you don't realize it when you first started, you know? So. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting. So we had a, um, a, a Bible study, uh, mm-hmm. a few moons ago. And basically what we were talking about is, um, just 
we really wished we had a mentor mm -hmm. growing up. Mm -hmm. Wish you had a mentor. And I said, I wish I could go back in time yeah. and be that mentor for myself. Yeah. And then it's pretty interesting in that Bible study, we said, you know what? You can. You can still do that. Mm. You know how you do it? You do it with this next generation. Yeah. So yeah. that's been, it's been absolutely beautiful. Mm. So I say this very often. Be the boss you wish you had. Be the mentor you wish you had. That's so really that's good. one of the things that's, that that's I apply so today. So Whether good. it's in IT or in real estate, yeah, yeah. Be, be the mentor you wish you yeah. had. So I mean, that kind of that brings us to another point is that so you're you're rising the ranks, you're becoming like the part owner of eWorld, but you're also doing the fix and flipping, you have rentals, you're in the investing space, and you always also have like an education arm, right? In like New Wealth Advisors Club. Tell us a little bit about like what's your role in the New Wealth Advisors Club and, and what do you guys do? Yeah, so my wife and I were executive directors for the New Wealth mm -hmm. Advisors Club. Okay. Uh, based out of Southern California. Okay. And uh, my connection to the club is, uh, you know, one of my old staff members, Oscar, okay. uh, who used to work for me in the okay. IT space. Like I said, everything kind of converges yeah. together. Okay. So he, uh, Oscar, is the chief uh, operating officer for, for New, Wealth. New Wealth Advisors okay. Club. And for me, I've honestly, I've been a solopreneur, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm self-made. I can do it myself. So I joined, I, I talked to Oscar and he's like, oh, you got this real, you're in what? Real estate. And the whole real estate really started with Marianne. It was a pinky promise because it's interesting, right? When you have kids, mm -hmm, somebody mm -hmm. takes a backseat. Yeah, so Marianne yeah. took the backseat. Mm -hmm. However, pinky promise wise, uh, we made this pact that if you ever move back to Hawaii and the kids grow up, I want to do real estate. Okay, okay. So that was it. I was kind of this bystander. That I'm like, hey, you know what? Happy wife, happy mm -hmm, life. I'm going to mm -hmm. go help and support you. And then all these things start to happen and, you know, today, you know, things happen for a reason. For us, we're of faith. I, I, to me, it's an yeah. absolute God thing. Yeah, yeah. Where we come back home to Hawaii. We got the deep belly laughs. We're not connected to our family. I've got my dream job here. And she gets an opportunity to do her own dream yeah, job, yeah. which is real estate. And as a, as a good, loving husband, I'm going to go <laughs> help and support her. And then one of my old friends works at this real estate company. Uh, and this education arm. So in any case, so we, we bump into this club and they're like, you guys do what? We do real estate investing as a community. And I'm like, bruh, why are you going to do that? <laughs> Keep it all to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I just didn't understand that. And that's why today you need to get it to get it. Yeah. So we joined this club. However, it's in California. Learn a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And then we bring it back here. Okay. So the first thing I'm like hard charging, and this is back in 2013, and obviously being, I always say this, IT guys make the best real estate investors. I, I agree. You know I mean, mean? <laughs> you're very logical, right? You, you look at the numbers, you, yeah. you see the world through black and white, right? There's yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in the, I think in the beginning, you're very good as a real estate investor, especially as a solopreneur, because you can do real estate by yourself, right? Like you can just like, you're looking at the numbers, you buy a house for the numbers, you rent it out, you fix and flip it, whatever it is. It just, it's all math, right? Yeah, yeah. But at a certain point, like the people element actually... After you hit a certain point, the people element matters actually more. So you can't you can't expand beyond the math to like the to get to the next level until you have the people or like the the leadership element of like a, as a small business owner, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's but but it's interesting. I think going back to you need to get it mm -hmm. to get it. I think you got to kind of live through it. Mm -hmm. You know, just mm -hmm. you know, um, just even as a even as a teenager, young adult. You have to kind of go through a lot of those experiences yeah, yeah. where you're, you know, your parents are scolding you. You should do this or not do this, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, it's 
only when you either get burned or you got yeah. some kind of lesson learned, then you kind of really, um, you really kind of figure it you don't, out. You don't really absorb the life experience until you feel the pain, right? It's yeah. almost like you, like your parents always tell you, like, you should do this, you should do this. Like, okay, mom, dad. But then actually when you actually go through it or in retrospect, you understand why they're telling you that. And it's actually, you're probably going to tell your kids the same thing and they'll have like the exact same experience. And it's just hard to understand. Like, uh, like you said, like you don't get it until you actually get it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then here's one um, from an IT perspective, you know, how you evolve through things. Yeah. I don't know. Today, yeah. I think the iPhone 15 is coming out. Yeah, right? yeah. Are you going to get it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I say no now, but then later on, I'm going to go get it. So what I call it, you build on your versions, mm-hmm. you know, dot one, dot two, dot three, and then yeah. you get a major version, one, two, three, four, and five. Yeah, yeah. Here's my interesting thing, and it's all in terms of a level of maturity. When it comes to real estate investing, like any other thing, I call it sweat equity. Yeah, you get yeah, sweat yeah, equity. Yeah. And for me is, if a wheel has been invented, no need reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Here's my one thing as, as you, you grow and expand. You can't do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do it by building other people around mm-hmm. you. But here's one of the things that I do is I, I, I want to impart that knowledge. I want to I give people the wheel. Yeah, here's, yeah. My, here's my one string attached with the wheel. Take it, make it better, and then pay it forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's how you're able to really scale. Yeah. And even for me, uh, with my kids, I always say this, you know, uh, as you go from generation to generation, uh, you want to upgrade. Yeah. And our, our big thing is, we don't want to just upgrade ourselves. Yeah. We want to really upgrade it's, our family, the community. It's, it's so much more fulfilling when you have other people around you, right? Yeah. And it's like, it makes anything way more meaningful. So like, as you're like, like having success and you're learning things, when you impart to other people, number one, like you learn it more yourself because you have to impart it. Like there's a different level of understanding. But number two, it's so satisfying seeing them understand and grasp it and use it and hopefully impart it to the next person, right? So it's just, it's this cycle of just like uplifting to get to the next level. And I like how you put it as like versions because I feel like it's like almost like versions of ourselves, right? Where it's like software pieces where I'm version one, I'm trying to get to version two, right? But then you want to get your kids to start at version two, let's get them to version 2.3 or 2.4 up to version three, right? And so we're always elevating. So like I'm the iPhone 15, your kid's going to be the iPhone like 17 or whatever the the different version of it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a never ending cycle. Mm -hmm. I think you... um, in our line of business, just in life in general, mm-hmm. you're climbing a mountain that has yeah. no top, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I'm also a big believer in the old 3M saying. And okay. 3M said this a long time ago. We don't make a lot of the things you use. We make a lot of the things you use better. So yeah. for us yeah. As, a, yeah. as a human, as a person, yeah. uh, my goal in life whatever I can do to help make you better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, that's a really, I mean, that's really, that's a really insightful thought. And then I think even like in the small business or investing world, like you mentioned, we're not inventing the a new wheel, right? We're taking like the wheel that people have done before us. We know this wheel works, real estate investing. We're how can we make this wheel better? And then when we pass it on or teach it, how can the next person make it even better than we made it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the one thing, like with everything else, I mean, uh, IT is very scientific, right? Yeah, you can yeah, go through yeah. a bunch of processes, whether it's mm-hmm. continuous improvement or how do you how do you create really good, elegant code? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, all yeah. of it, there's all of this scientific discipline. Yeah, yeah. However, in my mind, it's not only 
um, a science, but it's also an art. Yeah, yeah. And on the art side, this is really where it comes into play on the real estate side. Because at the end of the day, you're, you're dealing with homeowners, you're dealing with people. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big believer in, um, in being more relational than transactional. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that. I really yeah. love that. I mean, we were talking a little bit earlier and you guys have like a really good path of talking to homeowners when you guys are trying to either purchase or help a homeowner. You mentioned there's like a three-step process. Can you walk me through that? Yeah. So the three-step process is one. Number one is uh, we are going to um, meet the homeowner where they're at. Mm-hmm. And they're at varying levels. I mean, everybody yeah. has a different backstory, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think the first one is to really understand where they're at. Okay. Typically, they end up in, in three different scenarios. Okay. Either one is uh, they, uh, they want to save their home. Okay. So when you're talking to these homeowners, you're talking to people who are in, tr- in some sort of trouble or like either they can't make their mortgage payments or there's some kind of drama or something going on in their life where they possibly might lose their house, right? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. We've even... Um, being an IT guy, mm-hmm. we make a lot of data-driven decisions. Mm-hmm. We determine today, as we're de- dealing with various homeowners, there's about 12 to 15 personas that are, are very common. Okay. Uh, depressed Dan is one of them. Okay. Uh, lazy, lackadaisical Laura is another okay. one. We've got ghosting Gary, which okay. is somebody <laughs> said, I need your help, and then, and then kind of disappears. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we have different personas, and, and for each one of these personas, we got kind of a, a, an engagement model. And this engagement model is both a science as well as an yeah, art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think part of it, at the end of the day, it, it falls into three different buckets. Okay. Um, the homeowner has a desire to save their home, Okay. Sell their home. Okay. Or they could be in a really dire situation where they're not going to get anything. So we end up partnering with them. Okay. And that's where there could be a potential I acquisition. I see. Yeah. So I mean, when you guys go to like approach like these different homeowners who are in some kind of like trouble, the first thing is like, hey, how can I come alongside you guys and help you save your home to keep it, right? Yeah. So when you do that, like the, how do you guys benefit or how do you guys get, make any money from that? Well, um, well, our benefit is... Mm-hmm is the win is with the homeowner. Mm-hmm. We leave them in a better place. Mm-hmm. I think for us, payback doesn't necessarily just yeah, mean yeah. money. Payback is the fact that we leave them in a better place. Mm-hmm. Very often, we will help uh, homeowners save their home. Yeah. And we're, we're not in the tens, we're in the hundreds. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds right? yeah. of helping homeowners oh, with, of- with saving their homes. Wow, so okay. that's a big philosophy that we have within, uh, within the club. And if we can help you save your home, mm-hmm. we will absolutely, we'll absolutely do that. But what tends to happen is mm. uh, we go through this process, and at the end of the day, you need to bend physics, right? There's just <laughs> yeah, no just... way that they're going to afford, you know, a modified payment of mm-hmm. they can't afford two thousand dollars a month as a as a monthly payment, let alone a five thousand dollar a yeah, month monthly yeah, payment yeah, yeah. Uh, with a with a loan mod, for example. Yeah. I mean, so I but I really love your approach because like you're really going with like the. The truest of intentions to try and help people, right? And I think a lot of times when you approach the world or problems like this, 
it's almost like profit is a byproduct of this. And so like the intention is never to make a lot of money, but it's to try and help and serve people. But then like as a byproduct, oftentimes like the more difficult problems you solve, number one, you get better at solving problems. So you elevate and like level up yourself. But then like this, you get you build trust because people want to work with you. So the community around you, there's more like buy-in and there's more motivation because we're helping people, right? That's a big thing for companies is if you're making a difference to help people, there's always like a better like buy-in or, or like motivation for like the team to work together. But then also the, the third one is like they're actually sometimes it will turn to profit because it's just a byproduct of like the helping and like being in the situations where you actually can like like um change these people's lives right so yeah yeah so some people call it universe some people call mm-hmm. it god i think mm-hmm. for us i mean that's that's part of our mission i'll just mm-hmm. give you a good uh, i'll give you an example so we were working with linda okay so linda had a really she had a house in in couple okay yeah okay. uh, had a, a strange relationship with her dad so okay. she ended up inheriting that house okay however i didn't make some good decisions so her house was uh in in pre-foreclosure okay, and okay. about to lose it. Mm-hmm. So she pretty much chalked it up that it's lost. It's gone already. It's gone. Like it's in, lost. in her mind. Yeah, so. it's lost. Um, so we bumped into her. We had a we had a conversation with her. We met her where she was at. Uh, and then part of it too is, you know, yeah, it's it going back to what I was talking about, it's it's really it's it's about more being a lot more relational than transactional yeah, yeah. and meeting her where where she was at. So she, you know, there was a lot of there was definitely a lot of turmoil uh with her relationship with her dad. Yeah. So yeah. we were there. We were there to to uh just you know, you guys talk are almost like counselors and you guys are like yeah. friends, you guys are playing a role where like and a lot of times yeah. these people who are in, in, in need like the they don't have anybody they can trust that they can turn to, right? But yeah. you guys are like well-intentioned people who are you're trying to help the help help Linda and so like you're you're like I mean you're you're like a, like a nice shining hour almost like at this point yeah. in time right yeah so. so here's here's where where it goes so she's like yes please can you help me mm-hmm. in this situation she didn't want to save it she didn't want to sell it but at the end of the day we ended up partnering with her okay, to okay. to buy her property here's one of the things that differentiates us. Um, that was a legacy left down from her parents. Mm-hmm. A lot of times these distressed homeowners, they're, they're, they're desperate. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're willing to listen to anybody. Yeah, yeah. For us, our big thing is we want her to, uh, to, to, to have, to maintain her legacy. Yeah, yeah. So our, our thing is win-win. We want to make sure you get your equity. Yeah, yeah. So here's kind of the funny thing. She went from nothing to at the end of the day, um, getting three hundred thousand dollars. Wow, that that's property, amazing! Yeah. Uh, in Mililani, in um, in Kapolei. Okay. Well, here's the thing: is for us, it was a obviously a good payout as well. Hundred fifty, hundred eighty thousand okay, okay, dollar payout. Okay. Here's the interesting thing: she didn't know what to do with that money. She is now one of our private money lenders. Love it! I love Isn't that it. Crazy? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, it's, yeah. It's like it's win, 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 win yeah. all around. Right? So like it's, <laughs> and, and continues to win. Yeah, and so yeah. like and then so like every month she probably gets a check for like the a good amount of money by partnering with you guys in the future. I mean, like you build a trust. There's a, she got the money from you guys and she's going to get basically a check for the rest of her life from you just because like the, by loaning or lending you guys the money, she's, she'll get like a, a whatever payment. Right. So like, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a, that was a good case scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also um, a while back I had, uh, um, I was doing a meetup and okay. the meetup was themed triumphs and train wrecks okay. <laughs> of fixing and flipping homes in Hawaii. So let me give you a couple of train wrecks. At the end of the day, none of them are uh, just because we were able to serve a homeowner. So it's, there's all, a, it's all perspective, right? Yeah. So like when you look at your life, like, 
did you lose money or not? That's like, some people are just like, if I lost money, it's a train work. If I made money, it's a positive. But if you look at the bigger holistic picture, if you lost money, but you helped somebody, then was it really a train wreck, right? So Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I'm a big um, Forrest Gump fan. And okay. Forrest, Gump, Forrest Gump's mom said this, there's only a certain amount of money a man really needs. Everything okay. else is just for showing off. I, as, a, as a young Filipino kid, I'd be like, <laughs> no way. But today, as, yeah. uh, as an adult mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of being in my 50s, yeah. um, I get, I absolutely it's, it's get It's so it. weird. I think as you, like, as you get older, I think even myself, when I was like younger, like what's important to you, like really changes over time. I think when you're young, like the flashy, like the nice cars, the nice house, or like the, the, the image makes, is probably very important. But as you get older, you realize like it's the relationships and like the quality of life, the time freedom with your family, which is really like, the real value in life, as opposed to just driving a, 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 a fancy car or having a nice house, right? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, exactly. And here's the thing, it's, um, the payback is not only mm-hmm. money, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's in people. Mm-hmm. So here's one, it was just up the street here, okay. and it was, uh, we called it our Nihi Project. And it's one of those things, you know what you know, you know what you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. So, and being an IT guy, problem solve, throw any kind of problem in my way, yeah, including yeah. solving world peace and hunger and global warming. So in any case, hey, this is a house in Nihi and it was in a floodway, never bought anything in a floodway. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what that meant. However, uh, this homeowner, uh, it was Squatterville, okay. but they weren't any squatters. It was, it was the homeowner and his friends okay. inherited the property from uh, his dad. Uh, they didn't have money for electricity, no electricity. Uh, their running water was a spigot from the next door neighbor. <laughs> their, uh, their electrical was a car parked next to the house with a bunch of batteries. Really? That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's so their crazy. sewer was the backyard. Okay. That's- yeah. 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 It was, it was pretty gross. And then, uh, one of, one of Daniel's friends who was the homeowner had a mechanics garage on the right hand side. Okay. You okay. often see people bringing in their cars. He's changing oil, okay, okay. changing tires, doing all these things. Yeah. So we didn't know what we were getting into. Yeah. He just needed, he needed help. Yeah. So we're going to, here's one of the things that we do is, uh, don't start what you can't finish. And if we say yes, mm-hmm. we're going to take you to the finish line, whether we make money or not. I love it. I yeah, love that. Yeah. So we help them. So, I mean, let's, I mean, sticking on that thought, what's the thought process behind that? Like why, why make that promise and why is that important to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think for us, you know, you, uh, you are your word, mm-hmm. right? And I think, uh, you know, especially here in Hawaii, yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but we have the fastest network in the world. Yeah. It's called Coconut Wireless. <laughs> Coconut Wireless is lightning, absolutely lightning fast. So in any case, I'm here. It's also about, it's about reputation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, in this case, we want to make sure we're in, we, we engage with the homeowner. Like everything else, you're going to do your basic calculations or definitely margin in here. The one, the one lesson learned that we didn't know is if you're going to do, if you're going to do a fix and flip in a floodway, please add Here's a here's a golden tip. Please at least a one point five years, a, wow. at least a year and that a half. Why, why, why do you need? Why, yeah, why yeah. such a long holding? Because cost? I mean, think about it. You know, just a just a permitting process today mm-hmm. takes a long time, but when you're in a floodway. You you have to get some additional things. Okay, uh, you need to get a floodway permit, okay. which is. It, it it like it's like it doubles the the permitting the permitting time. Uh, today we're we're a little irritated when things go six to nine months and you're waiting for your your permit to be approved. Mm-hmm. 
but it's even more so when you're in a when you're in a floodway. This is just this is one of the challenges I think Elfix and Flipping in Hawaii is trying to get through like the the permitting process, right? And I think like it's uh it's one of our challenges we have to deal with where it is a big unknown. Where like if you like the you could be six months or it could be two years depending on what the what your situation of the permitting is. And so how do you like not like what as a somebody who's kind of breaking into the fix and flip market in Hawaii? Well, like how how do they navigate all of this stuff? Yeah, well, number one is um, Hawaii. Although we're small, mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of traps, mm-hmm. and you could easily find yourself into some kind of trouble. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, you can't do it alone. If you're yeah. if you're new to this, mm-hmm. you need adult supervision. Yeah. You need somebody there to mentor you, to coach you, to check mm-hmm. your to check your math, check your numbers. Yeah. yeah. Um, provide you what you don't know, you know, remember, so that's the biggest kryptonite with a lot of the newbies is of course, uh, do it myself. Yeah. I'm going to do it it yourself. The reason why is you want a hundred percent of the pie (laughs) and a hundred percent of zero is zero, by the way. hundred percent of negative. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's even worse. (laughs) And as a newbie, if your first deal goes awry, you're probably not going to come back. And that's the thing too. Like I see this some uh, often, like not in Hawaii, especially where like the numbers are so big. So it's very easy to lose a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars on a deal if you underwrite wrong or you run into some permitting issues. And the thing is, a lot it's very sad. But a lot of times, people's first deal is their last deal yes. when they when they lose money, right? Yeah, so. yeah. And that's why I think it's important to have somebody. Um, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that, that season that understands, yeah. I mean, floodways are one thing, uh, you know, non-conforming mm-hmm. properties are yeah. another thing. S- a special management areas, special management areas, another thing, a slide area is another yeah, thing. There's yeah. so many of these gotchas. The nuances things, right? When yeah. You're yeah. Yeah. Houses. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things that can go wrong and it's always good to have yeah. somebody there to help. And the holding you. class is no joke on these guys, right? So oh. like for like the, what's the typical like monthly payment you're making on, on, like on the yeah, it could be like it could be small, like ten grand. It could be like twenty grand. Yeah, it could be small as three. It could be it could be high as ten grand. It could even be fifteen grand. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's pretty painful. Yeah, so you I mean, know. fifteen grand a month when you're holding it. If you hold it for like two years, that's like three hundred thousand dollars or something. Super yeah, bizarre, right? yeah, so yeah. Like so you go from you know some margin to no margin yeah. to negative. So yeah, yeah. and you get you know that could happen at mm-hmm. at the blink of an eye. So. Yeah. So you got to, in my mind, do your, you know, do your homework, okay. have a mentor, have somebody there, mm-hmm. um, you know, to help and, and coach you along the way. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's really great advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what happened with the property? How did the project go? <laughs> yeah, well, it took two and a half years. Okay. Uh, we went through it. Well, first of all, a uh, homeowner was in a better place, got a chance to, to uh, we helped them with uh, securing another, another place. Okay. And oh, by the way, here's another tip. If you're going to help them secure a place don't don't give them the money. <laughs> um, this sounds like secure the, secure the place uh, and uh, work with either the landlord or the realtor on the other side. Because here's what happens. So we're like, yeah, we need ten grand to go and move our thing and secure, put a deposit. So we provided them with ten grand, and lo and behold. Daniel's got a new car. I'm like, what is Daniel doing with a new car? I'm like, hey, when are you guys moving? Oh, we don't have any money. But we do have a new car. (laughs) Another lesson learned. So when you transact those things, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure you transact Mm -hmm. with where where they're going to go to. And you put the deposit. That's a great tip. I mean, it's painful learning lessons, but something you always remember now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fast forward, we helped them. Uh, We renovated the place. We held it for a lot longer than we, Mm -hmm. we did. 
uh, lots of issues. At the end of the day, we we broke it. We broke even on that. So but at a, the end of the day, it was still a win. Yeah, Daniel yeah. and family are in a much yeah. better place. Neighborhoods a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah. And then for us, um, I said this during the floodway permit. I ain't ever doing a floodway <laughs> permit again. But fast forward. I'm open to doing it on the way. <laughs> knowing knowing yes, how to yes, do it now. On the right, knowing that's going to be like a, a year and a half hold, right? So yeah, yes, As yeah, long as you understand yeah. like the risk going in, yes. you, know, you can like underwrite for that, right? So just, just, as long as you understand the risk, that's the big, the big issue. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And now I kind of I, I mm. know how it all works. So yeah, yeah. I can probably teach a class on <laughs> how to acquire a property in a floodway. Awesome. That's, that's all good. That we, we're talking about something like that. I mean... I personally, as an investor, I like hearing the big wins, but I also like hearing like the different train wrecks. There was also another crazy story you had about like, uh, you guys call it the conjuring house? <laughs> conjuring house, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. happened with it? So for us, we're always um, going back to serving a homeowner. Yeah. So here's a, here's a situation. It was a, uh, it was a Marine, okay. uh, wife, and then they had four kids. Okay. So, uh, and he was based out of Kaneohe and he had a second job. Okay. And his second job is uh, he had a mistress. So oh, he had a okay, mistress. Okay, so okay. what had happened? It was a it was a pretty rocky marriage. It was a ho- it was a house in uh, it was a house in Neva Beach. Okay. And uh, basically, um, they were in the house, had a lot of marital issues, and uh, basically he got he got stationed in the mainland, so they ended up moving. Okay. Well, they thought that you know the house doesn't automatically take care of itself. <laughs> they stopped paying the mortgage. And something to the fact that um, somebody was renting the house out, but they didn't know about it. So it was okay, kind of weird. Okay. In any case, we worked with them and we said, hey, you know what? Uh, they didn't want to save their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't sell their home because, the squatter, by the way, the squatters or, yeah, moved yeah. in. And then they were in uh, you know, marriage turmoil. Yeah, yeah. So fast forward... Uh, we ended up talking to both of them. And luckily, we have our friends in Southern California. What yeah. happened was the wife... In the dead of night, um, moved to Southern California with the four kids and their new van. Wow. Okay. So the homeowner stayed in uh, in North Carolina. Okay. And uh, basically, uh, you know, they were separated. And what happened was she was living out of her van. Oh, wow. So okay. we had our Melina, um, who is uh, one of the co-founders of the New Wealth mm-hmm. Advisors Club, went to go meet up with her. Okay. In any case, and then we met up with, uh, with the homeowner. The whole husband. And here's the thing is sometimes you got to split up. Uh, we call it a firewall. So especially when you've got uh, you've got a couple, and it's very. This is another thing here. Very often you have young military couples here. They come in married and they leave divorced. Mm. It's very it's very very common. So here's that that situation. Yeah. So we split up. Uh, somebody we talked to the husband, and then and then uh, somebody else talked to the wife. And sometimes you need that level of yeah, separation. Yeah, and then yeah. they both were agreed to sell the property okay. to us. So we uh, they sold the property to us. Um, we we got the we got the squatters out. However, the neighbor on the left and the right, and we thought it was just we thought it was just some urban legend. The fact that anybody that is living there in that house either has some kind of strife or turmoil or dies. Bad juju or something. Yeah, bad juju. So one of the neighbors said, you know what? Hey, bro, you know Joe, the kind, you know the house. They should burn them down. <laughs> that that bugger get bad juju. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so my Marianne and I, you know, yeah. it's still bubblegum, right, for us. It's like, yeah, it's a, you know, every house has some kind of story, some kind of urban legend. Yeah. So we buy, we buy this property 
And it was all kind of uh, fun and games. I put a, I put a camera there. And then um, just to make sure uh, about this whole thing about the house being haunted. Uh, to, like, we, to catch ghosts, you mean? Or like, yeah, you yeah, mean? yeah. Well, here's the thing is, so uh, the first thing we did is we now have a Ghostbusters kit. We have a Ghostbusters kit. You, this, you guys have yeah, a Ghostbusters Yeah. So, this, so in, uh, in, on the Filipino side, okay. it's a St. Joseph. So what you go is you <laughs> dig into the ground and you plant a St. Joseph upside down. Okay. That's one. And number two is you get sage. So initially I went to like sage. What is sage? I went to Foodland. Foodland didn't have any sage. However, it's dried sage. So I drove all the way into town from Mililani to pick up some dried sage. So uh, you is needed- it, Is this like a Filipino like anti-ghost thing? No, no, no. <laughs> I think the first one is the, uh, the, the St. Joseph's upside down was okay. a Filipino thing. Okay. However, the, the burning of the sage thing was, okay. it's a common thing if you, okay. if you do okay. a search okay. and okay. I think okay. it kind of cleanses the house. Okay. So it was kind of like my wife was, you know, she was doing a prayer and then uh, she, she lit up the sage. I was walking around the house. You see, uh, I'm doing a prayer okay. and then she, she buried the St. Joseph okay. and, and, and the St. Joseph, you bury it. And then when you're done, you take it out. Okay. So uh, I guess we didn't have standard operating procedures in any case. <laughs> so she did, she did the, the sage thing. Then we ended up um, getting, uh, getting a priest in there to also bless okay, the priest. Just okay. To, okay. Just to double make sure. But this priest also had a psychic. <laughs> okay, it sounds like an interesting priest. Well, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, man, this is not this is not in the fix and flip uh, 101. You know what I mean? So we did also today. We still have the Ghostbusters kit. Okay, okay. Uh, but one of the things is we lost a Saint Joseph. What happened? We didn't have a flag. We didn't. Know, we sh- Marianne it just disappeared. Like no, no. Uh, Marianne uh, buried it into the ground, but she didn't know where she buried it. In, <laughs> in any case, fast forward. Okay. It was fun and games until this happened. So in Ever Beach, mm-hmm. one of the big challenges is Ever Beach parking. So yeah, we yeah. said, hey, you know what? We're gonna go extend the driveway. Okay. So three big things happened. Uh, issue number one is we needed a backhoe. Okay. So when they pulled in the backhoe to go kind of trench up the 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 uh, the land there so that we could extend the driveway, the 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 trailer broke. So I'm like, hey bro, how come the why is the backhoe still there? Oh, bro, Joe, the trailer broke. And I'm like, okay. This is so after you guys blessing and stuff, right? Yeah, after oh, we blessed okay. it. Okay, so, okay, the trailer broke. I'm like, okay. oh crap, the trailer broke. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. So uh, so that was one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm eating a Korean hot. My wife and I are eating a Korean hot dog. She likes the uh, like the sweet potato. I mean, yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're sitting in my Tacoma on the driveway, and then something explodes uh, in the engine. In your in, in your Tacoma. In my Tacoma, yeah. Like boof. Just the sitting. Yeah, just sitting there. Yeah, sitting there. Got the AC on, eating our hot dog. Yeah, yeah. You know, enjoying things. AC blue. Okay, it, it was the AC. Okay, so that was fine. Those two things, uh, chalk it up as an anomaly. And then the third thing is we're doing a cement pour. We're okay. doing a cement pour. And uh, um, during the cement pour, uh, Marianne goes and gets some plate lunches for the guys. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's hot. You know, it's yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever like poured by... cement and then you have to screed it. You know, you're basically yeah, yeah. Flattening, flattening down the, the cement. Yeah, yeah. Um, so screeding the cement... Uh, Marianne goes and picks up lunch. She comes back and she's one, she sees one of the workers giving the other worker CPR. Wow. So what, what happened? Um, while he was screeding, mm-hmm. uh, he had a heart attack. Wow. He had a heart attack. And uh, so uh, ambulance came over, rushed him to the os- hospital. He was on life support. 
two, three days later, he, they, he passed away. Wow. It's so crazy. I mean, like the, yeah, it's such a, it's a, it's so sad, but yeah, it's, that's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So here's where, here's where interesting things. Okay. Okay. Now I'm mad. Now I am like upset. I'm freaked out. I'm, um, I've got all these emotions in my yeah, head. Yeah. The IT guy kicks in and does some, some research, Okay. does some research and finds, um, I couldn't find anything on this property. I Googled it. Uh, it wasn't pre foreclosure before there was uh, there was a garage sale. That's the only thing I could find. So I'm like, what do I do? How do I, Oh, the archives. Okay. Okay. So back in the seventies, there was a love triangle. There was a love triangle. And in this love triangle, husband, wife, and, and, uh, uh, wife's boyfriend, I think the husband in a rage shot the boyfriend, um, in the yard. Wow. Okay. So one of the neighbors said, Hey, uh, um, if you see there's weeds everywhere, but there's a patch, there's a blank patch Mm -hmm. and nothing ever grows there. He said, that's where, that's where the guy got shot. Wow. But there was nothing, there was nothing uh, definitive that said yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, this person died or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just know that. That, that you know, happened somewhere. Yeah, that there. happened like, yeah, somewhere. The neighbors. Um, so here's, a, here's the eerie part is uh, there's a tree in the front that looks like the conjuring tree if you ever <laughs> watched the movie. So that's why we called it the conjuring house. Well, the guy that was screening the cement and where he uh, where he fell mm-hmm. and he uh, and he passed out because he had a heart attack was the same spot where that's so the guy got shot. crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. So. Conjuring house. Wow. Like wow, you don't see this yeah, on yeah. any fix yeah. and flip yeah. show or whatever. Yeah. So we call that the Conjuring house. So we got so many stories, and this is this is another yeah. one of those. Uh, kind of train wreck just, stories. I mean, you're dealing with just like different difficult situations every day, right? As an yeah. investor, you're, how can you help and solve these difficult situations? And sometimes it's easy fixes, but sometimes it's just like, it, it's above our pay grade and we have to level up to kind of like to get past these, right? So just another crazy, another day in the life of a, of a real estate investor. Yeah, right? yeah. So. It's pretty funny though. There's just countless, mm-hmm. countless mm-hmm. number of stories that we have out there. Uh, I think for us, our bottom line is uh, we're there to help the homeowner. Yeah, we're there yeah, to yeah. Uh, to in- meet them where they're at. Yeah, and yeah. at the end of the day, leave them in a better place. Yeah, yeah. On our side as well, we do it as a community. We don't do mm-hmm. it as a solopreneur. We do it as a, as communitypreneurs. Yeah. And as communitypreneurs, we do this. We, we say this very often. We're really here as a community to be- bless you spiritually emotionally and financially mm. and always in that order. Mm. So, and I think with this model, with this mindset, with this mantra, I mm. mean, we've just been blessed. And not only here in Hawaii, yeah. but in Southern California and in Florida where we're I feel at. like you just make better decisions when your priorities are straight, right? Because yes. like the, if you put like the, the money ahead of like the, the spiritual, the financial, I mean like the emotional, then like it just it just like things when things are out of order like this funky things can happen but when you put like the the important things the important things first it's almost like the finances kind of follow that as long as you're making like good decisions and like there's obviously some like in like knowledge and hard work that's also involved in this process but like as long as you keep your priorities straight and you have all the other parts it's the healthiest way to grow as a person and also financially yeah 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 absolutely and I think one of the big models uh, that we have and I think people look at that they they find it they find it a little strange, like, mm. you know, very often um, in many programs, you'll see, you'll, you'll see a guru, like okay. there, there's going to be a, a guru that is the main guy who's in charge. And the main, everybody, the so, main yeah. guy in charge. 
I think for us, we don't we don't really have uh, mm. we don't have a guru, guru. We call them fractional subject matter experts. Okay, so, so they're they're good at one part of like the business, but then there's no one guy overall who's teaching everything. You mean. Yeah, because everybody mm. has like for me, my mm. gift mm. is tech. Mm-hmm. So for me, I am. If you can't find anybody, I am the I am the deep skip tracer. <laughs> I've got all kinds of different tools uh, for my our organization. Um, I help. I am the product owner for our uh, our CRM. Okay. okay. And uh, it's funny. Our CRM. We do it as a community. Okay. We all collaborate that way because, you know, part of learning you can either hear it, you can either uh, watch it, but nothing beats doing it. I agree so with that. when you have a CRM, that's yeah. a great opportunity for you to not only hear, watch, but actually do. So you can actually see people's work. So you, so it's like in your community, you guys see other people's deals and the leads that they're working like, like yeah, within yeah. the community? Uh, we can hear conversations. Mm-hmm. We can see contracts. Mm-hmm. We can see correspondence, wow, okay. text messages, yeah. voicemails, mm-hmm. emails, and our big thing, going back to building on your versions, mm-hmm. this is a great way. We got one string attached. Please pay it forward. You mm-hmm. pay it forward and you get blessed. You get blessed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, beyond measure. I like that. But I mean, like, so in your, in your, in your club or your, in your program, like everybody is kind of taking like their path and they're focused on what their superpower they're, they're really good at, right? It's like, we see this in like good organizations organizations are good teams where you can't just have like five Michael Jordans, right? You need the Scottie Pippen, you need the Luke Longley, you need all like the, the Steve Kerr and everybody kind of has like a lane where they're really good at and they can focus on it. And together as a collective, you can accomplish so much more than if you just try to do everything by yourself. Uh, right? Absolutely. So, I agree. I, I call it aces in their places. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And everybody, sometimes you need somebody to talk you off a ledge. Yeah. I, I sometimes I'm like, <laughs> oh, I hate this business. And then you just need somebody, you need coaching. I often yeah. say this and it's a saying out there you cannot solve a problem with the mind that created it, right? So I think for us, sometimes, you know, you really need somebody else. It's a different perspective. Some yeah, different yeah. So going back to the, this fractional SME, mm-hmm. not only, um, so Melina, I mean, she's one of those people. She, can, she, she looks into your eyes. She can go deep. <laughs> she can go reach down into your soul. And sometimes you absolutely need mm-hmm. that. Oscar, his gift is clarity, Mm. He is, I am a very messy thinker and speaker because yeah, yeah. I'm a mad scientist. Yeah. But if you want, you want a clean thinker and mm-hmm, speaker, mm-hmm. You, talk to, you talk to Oscar. Marianne, uh, she is- Your wife, right? Yeah, Marianne. <laughs> um, so she's, you know, Hawaii, it's funny. You know, we are, uh, uh, she said this, we are a kind culture, but a prideful one. So very, 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 very correct. We're a kind culture and yeah. a very prideful one. That's so one. true. That's a really good. So uh, very often she got those homeowners, bro, I don't need help. I don't need help. She's the one that's going to go engage with the, the homeowner. Mm-hmm. And she just has that thing. I think it's a Kalihi thing. It might be a Kalihi Valley girl thing or uh-huh. what have you. The Tita. The- yeah, Tita. She's, she's really, really good at that. For me, um, my kids say I got this crazy dorky charm. <laughs> so this dor- dorky charm. And, you know, I mean, Karens are, aren't only in the mainland. The Karens yeah, are also yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I'm really good at, uh, at mm-hmm. working with Karen. And at the end of the day, we're good at working with all types of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So we've got people like that. We got ones that are super phenomenal at contracts, mm-hmm. creative acquisitions, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So it really depends. And then also for us, we're also looking at back in tech, Emerging, current, containment, and the life. Emerging is the next best thing. Okay. Current, 
is technology that's here. Okay. Containment is something that's been here for a while, and four is end of life. Okay. And we're it's almost like spring, summer, autumn, winter, right? And it's you're kind of you're always constantly cycling through those seasons. Mm -hmm. We do the same. And you can do the same in real estate mm -hmm. investing, right? You know, uh, it's funny. We talk about we talk about burr, right? Yeah, yeah the burr hey, strategy. Filipinos, we've been burring for a long time, <laughs> or we've been house hacking for yeah. a long time. It's just a new word. Yeah. But yeah. however, there are some new innovations that are yeah, happening yeah. out there. And for us, we want to make sure that we kind of maintain that. In the in the tech world, we say innovate or die. And I think there's a lot of applicability yeah. into our world as well, where you're looking at new and creative mm. ways to really help move the needle. I mean, the, the market changes, like the, the economy changes, like the new technology changes. There's so many things that are, are, the world is constantly changing. You do kind of have to keep up as an investor. And what worked back then doesn't necessarily mean what worked back here. And also in your season and also like your level, what worked at like, let's say $100,000 a year is not, might not work at like $800,000 a year. Right? So there's all these different kinds of like things that are in play where you really need to innovate or die. And so I, I yeah, love that yeah, mantra. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that I often say, given this is uh, what got you here yeah. won't keep you here. Yeah, that's a really good And then good what got you here won't get you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so, so true. It's so that's so kind true. of, you know, that's how I, that's how I look at things. Mm -hmm. I impart a lot of this stuff. I kind of mash it mm -hmm. up in terms of uh, what we do. And then on the flip side of that, I give it away. I love. I mean, like, yeah, yes. I mean, like, the whole your whole story from the beginning to end is like a, it's like a the rags to riches, but also at the at the end, like as you're just you're such a big giver, and like the your heart really bleeds through, and like the the way you communicate, the way that you live your life, and so like just so impressed with you, just like as a whole, like you, your family, like your community, everything that you guys do, man. So yeah, no, I, and here's my thing: it's not just me. If mm. you take a look at just mm. all the people around us, mm. and even just Hawaii in general, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just you know many people have the heart. Mm heart to serve, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's in real estate yeah, or whether yeah. it's helping out with Maui fires, yeah. helping your own family. For us, yeah. we've got, uh, we've got, um, uh, we call it uh, GFC. Yeah. So first is God, two is family, and then three is community. Mm, so like that's, that. that's, like that's that. our order, I GFC, like yeah. So I mean, it's some, somebody who's just, just starting out on their journey, maybe like they see, like they want to be an investor or a, a successful business owner. What kind of advice would you give somebody who's just kind of just starting out on their journey? Yeah, I think part of it is um, do a lot of self-education. Mm -hmm. um, I often say this, see one, do one, teach one, lead one. Mm -hmm. So I think one is see one. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information out there. Yeah. Uh, bigger pockets. Yeah. Uh, you can do the pocket special and just go with the free version <laughs> or for what, whatever, $35 a month. There's a, there's a plethora of information yeah, there. Yeah. I think that's one. Secondly, meetups is a lot. Mm -hmm. There's so much gems and treasures and all the people yeah. out there, yourself yeah. and just the entire community yeah, out there. Yeah, there's yeah. Everybody's willing to pour out yeah, and yeah, give. Yeah. No need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and you can be a hoarder. Stuff that in your pocket. Yeah. You're talking to you're talking to Dan, you know, you're talking to Daniel, you're mm -hmm. Tristan, Kamohai, Zasha, mm -hmm. Alex, Kekoa, yeah, Keoni. Yeah. Everybody has yeah. a bunch of nuggets. Yeah. Put in your pocket. My big thing is uh, uh, don't forget where you came from mm -hmm. and to pay it forward. Love it, love yeah. it, love it. 
But I mean, thanks so much for having your yeah, show, man. Welcome. It's like such a pleasure always talking with you. We got to do this again, but yes. just appreciate you sharing and the inspiration and motivation. If people want to reach out to you or connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, you can do it uh, via Instagram. Bonka okay. Joel um, is, is my handle. Okay, I'll have that Or you can find notes. me on Facebook okay. uh, or um, you can find me either on, on, on Facebook or on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Ross. All right. Thanks, my brother. Thank you very much.